This is Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike to talk about things you can be working on, sharing ideas on ways to better prepare for your financial future. LifePlanWealth.com, that's where you can go. Begin your own conversation with Mike and his team. Again, it's LifePlanWealth.com. And thinking about our wealth. It's that time of year. I mean, I am still scarred by what I went through on April 15th. So I don't really, and I'm not going to get into the, the personal details of it all. But, and also let me say this, as a proud patriot of this country, yes. I don't mind paying taxes. Nope. I support our military. I mm-hmm. know what taxes do for our military. I support our country's infrastructure. I know that taxes go to paving the highways and all those things. I'm, I'm yeah. here for that. What I am not here for is this government that I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know who to believe anymore. Meanwhile, what's our debt now right now? $32 trillion? Yeah, right up at 32. You think that the government's going to fix that? No. <laughs> they caused it. No. Right. Here we are. Go take a long, hard look in the mirror, everybody, mm-hmm. because that's that. <laughs> your reflection is <laughs> who's going to be handling this problem yes. in however many years. All right. Thinking about what we can do proactively, though, Mike... There is a major tax event coming up in 2026. I guess it's officially like December 31st, 2025 is the expiration of what many call the Trump tax cuts. It's the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that was passed in 2017. So first off, what do people need to understand about this, the opportunities there when it comes to our tax planning and what should we consider in the time frame that we have between now and then? Well, the big thing to understand is it's kind of like sitting down and playing Monopoly. There are rules to the game, and you can either play them to your advantage or you can have them really hit you and devastate you. Okay. So when you sit down to play Monopoly, there's community chess cards, there's chance cards, there's a luxury tax spot on the board, mm-hmm. there's a go-to-jail, there's a free park, and there's all these elements of the game. It's very clear how they work, but yet sometimes we've all sat down with someone and played Monopoly and they just lose their mind. They become so angry and they think you're a bad person because you're really good at the game. Mm -hmm. And all they do, and I see this, I'm not going to say it's never happened with my kids, but when you play these board games, the rules are clear. But yet the one who doesn't plan and prepare the most is the one who ends up getting burned a lot of times in these games. And then they're just viciously angry at everybody for being such awful people and they're a victim. The tax game is the same thing. There are rules to play by. There are certain things we need to know about it. We know that the Tax and Jobs Act, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, went into effect January 1 of 2018 Mm -hmm. and is set to expire December 31, 2025. They call it sunsetting. They're going to sunset the program because that sounds better than raise taxes. Got it. Okay. But they're going to sunset the program. And when that happens, at best, taxes are going back to where they were. Now, if we think about life in 2017 when the plan was written, where were we sitting as a national debt? Well, right around $21 trillion. Mm-hmm. Where were we sitting as a country? Well, we had a really nice year in 2016. 2017 was going really well. And so we had a kind of a booming economy. We weren't in the middle of a recession. We weren't, you know, there was no, well, there was always wars. But yeah. the, the debt was spending was not what it has been the past couple of years by both sides. Both sides of the aisle spend That's a right. lot of money. That's right. And, We're not targeting. And they point fingers. We're, don't come at us. Don't right. at us about no. politics. We're both looking, we sides are, spend it. Everybody, it's everybody's fault. Everybody's, <laughs> every single person you see on TV yep. is paid by you. Yep. 
and they spend more of your money than what the, just their pay. So that's all built into it. Yep. But that is the system we live in. Those are the rules of the game currently as it stands. Mm-hmm. There are taxes to be paid. I'd love to think, like you mentioned, I'd love to think that they go towards all the good things. Yeah. But it is what it is. So we can vote. We can do those things, and those help us hopefully make the right decisions. But from there, if these are the rules of the tax game, what can we benefit in our lives? Taxes are at a discount right now for most Americans. And I always say most Americans because whenever I talk about taxes, someone comes up to me and says, well, not me. I have 13 rental properties and a $300,000 carry forward loss. And I have an inheritance. I'm like, well, you're not most Americans. Most Americans file standard deductions and they do short form and seniors even do the shorter form that was custom made for them. Like we don't want to deal with taxes. We just want to like just shove the stuff in our CPA's inbox, have it dealt with and get over it as quick as possible. Mm -hmm. But there are rules to the game we can play. Taxes are at a discount for most Americans. If you were in a 15% bracket, today you're in a 12. If you were in a 25% bracket, today you're in a 22. And we know that in just a couple years, at the end of 2025, the brackets are going back to where they were. The deductions and credits are going back down a little bit to a lower rate. So if today taxes are at a discount, how can we benefit in our lives? Well, I have four kids, and each kid has a unique eating palate is what it's a nice way of saying my kids are bougie and do not conform easily to a menu but yet they're they're learning quickly Uh that our house is not a restaurant right um and that so when there's a meal that all four Uh. kids like and that kimberly says is healthy and approved for our family when there's that agreement, lightning strikes. <laughs> that meal goes on the meal plan at least twice a week. Got it. And so, if when I have that meal plan and I see, oh gosh, that meal is on, and we go grocery shopping, if those ingredients are on sale, I buy extra. Sure, you do. And I throw them in the pantry, or if it needs to be cold, I throw Put it in the, the fridge in our basement mm-hmm. and in the freezer, and we store it for later because it's not a matter of if we're going to go through it. Yep. It's a matter of when, and we even know that now. It's a matter of just how much do I want to pay for it. Yep. So if it's at a discount, I buy extra. That way in the future when I need it, if it's more expensive, I've already paid the price for it. Mm-hmm. Well, taxes right now for most Americans are at a discount. And if you have pre-tax money, 401k, 403b, 457, uh, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, Keog, any of these pre-tax accounts that we've never paid and we've been told all of our lives, don't pay now, pay later. Mm-hmm. So we have those accounts. Well, then when you go to take money out of your accounts, you have to pay taxes on it. Well, what if I never need it? Well, they make you in the form of required minimum distributions. And then if you die and your kids inherit it, they expedite that and make them pay it a lot sooner. Yeah. So you're going to pay taxes. The question is, do you pay it today's rate while they're on sale? Or do I wait for the future and pay it whatever the rates are in the future? That's a decision you get to make. So building out a strategy for this is saying, should I be taking some of this money and paying taxes on it? Well, it's something you should definitely consider if it's on sale and your CPA and your financial advisor, hopefully a CFP, are on the same page and they're saying, no, we should be doing some of this. Mm -hmm. What do we do with it? That's the question. Now I pay taxes and then what? Well, that's when we start having conversations about should I be funding into a Roth IRA? Should I be putting into a non-qualified account Mm -hmm. or a trust-owned account? Or if you're extremely afraid of Medicaid spend down, you put it into an irrevocable trust so it's protected from that. There's a lot of options But the thing you don't have is I don't have the option of personally choosing to extend the plan beyond 2025. That's the government's decision. We just can play by the rules today and pay a discounted rate. Got it. Thinking then, 
about, because again, we're looking to take advantage of of this opportunity that we have. A couple of questions. You brought up the idea of Roth accounts. I want to dig into that a little bit, but also when somebody comes to you, this is what I'm always going to bring it back to you, thinking about the folks that you work with and the work that you do as far as creating a retirement plan. And they say, what do I need to be doing now? Is there a different set of rules for somebody who is in their 60s or, or even already retired than there might be for somebody in their 40s or 50s? Yeah, there is. So when you're saving in your accounts, there are these phases of life we go through, accumulation, preservation, and distribution. When you're growing your accounts, there's things we need to be aware of. Compounding interest, compound effect of money. If I put money into a pre-tax account and it compounds, I have to pay taxes on all of it. Mm -hmm. If I put money into a Roth IRA and it compounds, I don't pay taxes on any of it. Mm -hmm. So there's that conversation of, do you want to tax the seed or do you want to tax the harvest? So if I have a seed that goes in the ground tax deferred, like a 401k and I never pay taxes, well then, if I put in 100000 over my career and it grows to a million, well they get to tax the whole million. Mm-hmm. Then if I have a Roth IRA, I want to pay taxes on that seed before it goes in the ground and then it grows to being a tax-free harvest. So I put in 100000 it grows to a million, they don't tax any of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what you do for younger clients. As you look at some of our older clients, especially here in mid-Michigan, as you're looking at retiring, we want to be more specific about now that we're in preservation and distribution of assets mode, mm-hmm. We want to be aware that if I pull from different accounts, there's different tax consequences. So there is still an opportunity to do some Roth conversion, but I'm not going to pay extra taxes just so my kids get a big windfall. I want to make sure it's a living benefit while I'm alive mm-hmm. that I benefit. But we always talk about diversification in assets. You want some diversification in taxes as well. You want to get some money that is mm-hmm. after tax mm-hmm. and to set you up for the future because I don't know the taxes of the future. I know the taxes today. And the enemy of the day that I know today is better than the enemy I don't know in the future. Okay. And and we can just call it what it is. Higher taxes are an enemy of my retirement plan. Sure. So I want to make sure that I build a plan out for today, but also looking at the future. Okay. So, and again, thinking about what we can do, the idea of Roths for a lot of people, particularly people that are in retirement age, Roth, honestly, I don't know when Roth became a thing and became an opportunity, but I imagine for somebody in the 90s and 2000s when they were saving, Roth wasn't an option. And then for a lot of people, they might hear about Roths and they get told, well, you can't have a Roth. I've heard that story. You make too much money. The government says no to you, sir or ma'am. What options do those people have? Well, especially for those. So to answer your question, 1997 is when Roth IRAs became a thing. Okay, right. But so outside of that, what we're told is if you want to put money into a Roth IRA while you're working, you can put in about five grand or six grand. If you want to put it into your regular 401k, we'll let you put away 18000 a year. Right. And your employer will match right. you. So obviously we go that route, right? And it's so much better to have money taken right out of your paycheck before you ever see it than to try and take it out of your bank account after you've already seen it and mentally spent a little bit of it. Yeah. So 401ks are a great tool. And now we're actually seeing Roth 401ks become much of a bigger driver. And as of this year, companies can even match you with Roth money. So that's a huge benefit to the worker that's never been available before now. Most people I sit down with, they always say, gosh, why didn't I do more Roth in the past? Right. Well, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. And then even when it came out in 97, it was a matter of, well, do you want to do a lot of savings for your future or do you want to do a little bit? And why would you pay taxes now? You're earning a lot of money. Your tax 
taxes really high or you're incomed out, you could not do these things even though there's workarounds for everything. Yeah. So it's marketed very poorly for the worker because the IRS likes to collect taxes on the harvest, not the seed. Yep. So when you build out a retirement plan, you need to look at the opportunities that are still available to you. There is a certain element of I can't go back in time and do this, this, this. But it doesn't mean we're frozen in place. We still can build out a plan. It just needs to be really strategic. Some people say, should I convert my whole IRA right now? Well, you can. There's no limits to what you can do. It's just a heavy tax bill. And so there's kind of, we always joke that there's two rules to how much you can convert, how much you have and how much taxes you can stomach. That's it. Because if you want to convert a million dollars today, you can do it. And you're going to write a check that you've never written before. And it's going to hurt. So there's a generally an element of stages and phases and, you know, one bite at a time type of a philosophy on this. But you definitely should be doing some strategies with taxes because they're at a discount now in the lowest rates we've ever seen in history since the onset of our tax system and probably will ever see for the next hundred years. So we should benefit from that while we can. That idea that you were just talking about, if you, you can convert as much as you want, just how much can you tolerate as far as taxes go? Is that what a backdoor Roth is? Yes. I've heard that term too. I want you to explain that. Yeah, for high income earners, because there's an income limit to how much you can earn and put money into a Roth. It's a phase out starting at about 190000 a year up to about $215,000 a year. And the number shifts a little bit every year. individual or for a couple? Uh, for It's the married couple. Okay. Number. It's it's your income limit because it's still your individual retirement account. So okay. it's your income. I'm sorry. Okay. So your personal income. Okay. But as you do that, if you earn out too much, they say you can't save after tax, but you can still save pre-tax. All right. So I'll save it pre-tax and convert it because you can convert money under 59 and a half and not pay a 10% penalty. So they call it a backdoor Roth conversion because I'm going to put money into a pre-tax account because I'm allowed to do that. Then I'm just going to take that same money every year and Roth convert it and pay taxes on it, which is the same thing you would have done by putting it into a Roth to begin with. But now, and they're trying to tighten some of the loopholes on that, but not too much because a lot of politicians still use it. So, mm-hmm. um, but they're starting to tighten some of those things. Um, it's a shot yeah, across the bow. <laughs> it's a, a, across both bows. Again, yeah, right, right, right. everybody say, so if you want to save retirement, invest the way that the politicians yep. do and you'll be just fine. <laughs> oh, no. Or we can come see you, right? Yes. <laughs> Help yes. us. Help us, Mike. No, but when it comes to understanding tax opportunities, what was the latest tax code, the amount of pages? I think it was like over a thousand pages in, yeah. the, in the last tax code that was written. It is unbearable, I think, to try to understand everything that is in front of you. Even your advantages, even your opportunities, but and it's not no, pleasure reading that's for, for, sure. for sure to say the very least, but know <laughs> that there are opportunities and advantages. That's the point of this conversation that we're having with Mike today and that you can have with him one on one yourself. Go to lifeplanwealth.com. That's where you can get more information and begin your own conversation with Mike. I really like this point you were just making about diversification. It's not just about being diversified financially for income and, and investments. Have diversification within your tax plan as well. Probably something a lot of us have never thought of doing, but something that Mike and his team are here to help you figure out within your own plan. And again, you can get started today. Just find us at lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. 
Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NPN number 965-0939. 